Hello, I'm Oscar from Soakdotes, and today I'm going to be talking about a few songs from our debut album, Working Title. What is it like looking back on the Sludge Pop EP from back in 2019? Do you think there were any key differences on the way that Working Title came together in comparison? I guess just this like two year period of like collective hibernation has almost meant that I've stopped thinking about this record <laughs> that we're putting out now because we've so much has happened in that period of time. But I guess like you know that when that came out, that was such a felt like the beginning of. Um, I don't want to say like more legitimate thing, but with that release and with signing to Dot Dash and kind of came with playing festivals that we wanted to play and getting uh, certain amounts of like that, of that uh, tasty validation with that release or something. And so there was, I would say there was momentum that came after that and that felt good and weird and all sorts and then we went into 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 lockdown but we had always intended for 2020 to be the year of us making our first full length so it worked out okay up until working title we'd, we'd strictly recorded in um studios and it was all we knew but it was also we knew nothing really about that side of it um we just jumped into that because that's what seemed to be like right or something and so what the, the process of working title was like let's go as far away from that as we possibly can because we never really had i don't think we ever really had like a natural recording experience or what felt like a natural recording experience inside uh, the studios that we had recorded in. It always felt like there was just this hint of pressure which might work for some people but didn't really work for. For us to fully realise and feel comfortable in realising the song. And so as a reaction to that we, we found this hall near where um, Henry's parents live just out of Haas in a township called um, Okuru and, and uh, we set up there for a month. We took all of this gear from Tom Bell's uh, studio here in, in Dunedin from, from Chick's Hotel and just did like three van loads and then set up this kind of hodgepodge studio in this huge community hall and we just lived in it for a month you know like there was no internet there was no bar nearby there was no anything really it was literally like wake up do what you need to do go for a run whatever ritual and then walk kind of walk to work <laughs> to work and begin, and you know, we just, that was it. After the release of the last EP and gaining a bit of momentum, did you feel any pressure going into your first full length? Not really, man, I guess I felt, I, I think we felt like we had something, and maybe still do, I think we felt like we, we still had yet to fully express like our collective identity or something, or our collective potential, or like, had, to, had yet to fully realize it with those EPs. I think that those EPs were, both like individually for me a way of figuring out how I want to sing and how I want to 
and learning how to play the guitar and then us learning how to be a band and learning how to write a song and like I really track those EPs and I can see exactly who I was listening to and who I was trying to be and who I, all these things and I think uh, there was there was a momentum behind wanting to do that because it was like there was a there was something yet to be realized and so that the energy from that kind of fed into going and doing that mission. And what was it like working with Tom Healy on this? Have you worked with producers in the past in this way? No, that was the first time. We'd seen, I mean, Sludge Pop was like our intro to, we'd met Tom before, but it was an intro to working with him. We'd recorded the songs at Chick's Hotel, but we sent them to Healy to mix them and just thought, let's try something new and then he sent back what he'd done and he just like he just like took an axe to some of the songs you know and it was kind of it was hugely gratifying to have someone willing to try something to be like why don't you do this we'd never really had that we'd always just had like yeah sounds good so to have him be like i think you should do this slowly building that trust with him has been amazing so as soon as he did that it was like cool he's got the energy he's willing to (laughs) expend energy on us yeah and working with him was amazing he is one of the quickest translators i've ever met like the way he can translate one of my terribly described ideas into a sound or a or a like a tool i'll be like i want it to sound like you know fondue and he'll be like yeah totally and he'll just go and find the thing and i'm like that's exactly it He's so, he's a very good translator. And he's just so quick. It's crazy. Let's get into the tracks now. What made you pick The Way It Works to start the record off with? It was the last song that we recorded, but probably the first, it was conceptually the song that I had the, the first idea for, and that was begun, I always feel, uh, fucking like, dreams can feel contrived. I mean, no one likes to hear people's dreams and stuff, but anyway, this is what started it. This dream of this hand reaching out to me this huge like hand that just kind of disappeared into the darkness and I kept trying to grab it and I just had had these awkward handshakes you know like I couldn't quite it was like meeting someone and them going to give you a high five and you trying to like pound them and then it's awkward but it was like that times a million and I woke up just feeling like horribly anxious about this handshake and 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 uh thought it was going to be a record thought I was like I'll make an album about masculinity and how it's and how the handshake is a is a empty vacuous gesture and it means nothing and we should all be hugging and like I woke I woke up that morning and wrote the line uh, I had a dream I couldn't shake his hand it made me nervous and it was like there's something there <laughs> and that kind of question mark of that dream just like sat with me the whole time we were beginning as a band and I knew that there was something in it that I just knew there was something in it and so when we started recording when we for for the month and half we had this idea for the song, for the way it works, and we kept trying to like begin it, and it, we could just never unlock it. It was like someone would bring it up, we'd start playing it, and it just it just 
would like not like the room would just not we would all get just and then it would just fall to pieces and we'd like walk away and it was one night we tried it like five you know 10 times and tom healy was like cool now play it as if like you're the beatles and like we would try and we just couldn't do it we would just go back to the old version and tom was just like all right everyone leave go cook dinner and listen to uh listen to revolver or something and connor and i went home and started cooking and put on revolver and i heard like the first like bar of tomorrow never knows and i was like that's exactly what is in my mind with the beginning of the song and then connor and i just kind of put that in our back pocket and we're like let's just like pull this out we just both were together like this is it and he was like okay i know what to do and we just put it in our back pocket and then uh on like the second to last night of recording we had a big party because it was we kind of got to the end of this thing tom healy had left and and patrick hill had come down to like do the tailoring like the last week and we had a big party and we were like whatever happens tonight we'll just see what happens we set the microphones and just recorded in the room and we were jamming and eventually i was like yo connor play that beat idea and connor started playing the beat and i was like max just like play the bass line that you're kind of trying to figure out the way it works and he started playing it and then henry came over and started playing the guitar and then we just watched this like song just like reveal itself and then uh those lines just started appearing welcome to the world the way it works and i was like as soon as those words came out i was like there's the opening song and uh yeah i guess the rest kind of just happened
that song was one that came over the lockdown, which, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was like different for everyone. That first lockdown for me was was like a huge weight off the shoulders. I don't know. There were a lot of factors that contributed to me just for the first time taking it easy and try, like actively trying to take it easy and introduce some things into my life. And one of the first songs, I just didn't make any music for like two weeks. And then one of the first songs when I sat down to like do some recording, the first demo that came out of that was was the divide symbol and it was just that guitar loop and and the shaker and and those all those lyrics and as soon as I'd made it I knew that there was going to be like I sent it to Connor and I was like can you put drums over the back end of this and I just heard uh Church's voice on it I don't really know I don't really know why like I, as soon as I heard that 64 bars of of churches that was just like that voice there was something in that voice and I just knew he had something to like offer for it um and so we yeah we went away and recorded it and then we were working on it up north in Auckland one day with Patrick at Roundhead and I had sent uh church an email and was just like I've been working on the song and you've been in it since day one I'd love to play it to you and see if you've got any ideas and he came by and like walked in the studio and sat down and we played him the song and he was like, what's it about? And I kind of fumbled my way through the, the basic notion of it. And then he just started looping the song, his part of it, wrote the hook, wrote a verse within like 45 minutes. He was recording it and then he was done. And it was like the quickest thing I've ever seen in my life and it was so he was so in in line with yeah what I was feeling and thinking about with that song it was just like a wild experience like we were all in there just like jaws open as soon as he started recording it do you see what you want now Oh, 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 oh,
came together pretty quickly as as well uh when we were doing the ricky to the hall i went for a yeah went for a run one morning and just those the first lines of that song kind of appeared in, in the same way like the dream like just presented it was like almost fully formed in a in a feeling sense like i knew there's just a feeling same with with uh wanting to work with church it was just like this feeling that i don't know there's just like a faith in the story or a faith in that and that unfolding and so the first lines of that song uh the younger brother slams his fork down watching all the big mouths get up and sing and once i had finished writing it it really became about that word something and about the notion of something and being someone or or someone saying i've got something to say 
but potentially not really knowing what it is they've got to say or saying I've got something to say and then being handed a microphone and, and freezing and that was the image I had like both of myself as a young kid desperately wanting validation from older people and then getting glimpses of that uh, you know being past the mic or something at the dinner table and then just freezing and I I was curious about taking that idea further. How many of us have chips on our shoulders about wanting to be heard? The younger brother slams his fork down Watching all the big mouths get up and sing He's been wrestling with his thoughts now Thinks he'll show them all when he says something there is a child so willing and able But of a size unrecognized by the table And each night this resumes till the thought begins to stew I know so much better than all of you
some of the songs took a really different shape when when working on them. Like a lot of them would have like a very different, have a different version of themselves in the demo, but upon recording, took took right turns and then that one that song was one of them when we started making it in the studio it became a lot more grand and i and i had to kind of rethink the vocal part of it and i got to a point where i just i had just kind of like had reached my limit with it and there was always this notion of there being like a a wiser voice that is speaking to i guess the protagonist of that of that song so i just remember anita lives i, I live in Christchurch, so i just remember kind of she came into the into the uh, bar, the Space Academy, the place that I work. And I was like, I need to show you a song. And she was like, yeah, come by any time. And, and I messaged her and went around to her house and played her the song. And I was just like, I don't know what it is. And I blabbered on and on about like what I was trying to say with that song. And it was just so much wound up in that song for me of what I'm trying to do with it, lyrically. And I was just like, Anita has a very like uh, intuitive melodically intuitive way of working and I just knew it just needed like it needed far less thought and far more melodical intuition so I was like the chorus is there do something <laughs> like figure it out please and then she sent that back and it was just like perfect See? 
After we'd realized the way it works that night and like triumphed over this and, and found this thing, the next morning we like woke up just glowing and we all went for a swim in the kind of like wintry harsh waters, a short swim. And then as we were coming out, this like helicopter flew overhead and landed right by us and this family got out and it was just like, what the fuck is a helicopter doing in the middle of nowhere? And why is it? family like it was you know it was almost like some succession scene or something and so we walked over to the helicopter and walked past the family and the and the kind of dad was like uh, don't worry guys we're not rock stars my friend shouted us this trip and I was like oh you're good and then they kept walking and we walked over to the pilot and we're just like why are you flying here and he was like oh sad circumstances it's a dying man's wish and I was like whose wish and he pointed over at that guy and I was just like that guy and he looked like maybe 50 and a little bit tired but turns out the dude was like like very close to passing away and so and this was like our last day before we left Hast and so I went over to the guy who was watching his kids two like barely three years old trying to skim rocks on the river and I was like we're not rock stars either but we're making a record in the hall nearby, it's like a five minute walk, do you want to come and have a look? And he was just like, sorry man, I'm on, I, I need to get back. I'm on my last legs, like he couldn't even come to the hall, which was just down the road. And, um, and I was just like, I heard that. <laughs> and we looked at each other for a while, and it was just silent. And it was just this moment. And then he reached out his hand, and I shook his hand. And, and said, have a good day. 
And then we left and he got in a helicopter and took off. He just, yeah, as helicopters do, they rise up and fly away. And I was just left with this, just like, it just completely switched, it just flicked a switch in me of all of my, all of the things I had with that dream of the emptiness of a handshake and masculinity and all, and like, it was like, I realised the ego trip in me that I was in this whole thing of trying to criticise the world when this dude was just like, yeah, watching his kids trying to skim stones and shaking my hand.